0: داعيا الى الله باذنه وسراجا منيرا فاما بعد فقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون فقال يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال محمد صلى الله عليه واله وسلم ان الله وخير محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور وكل 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 في my dear brothers sisters elders we are on the subject of the leadership style of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and what we can learn from it and apply in our lives today. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala quoted and pointed to His Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as the best example to follow for those who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the last day. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لَقَدْ كَانَ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ hasana." لِمَنْ كَانَ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا And therefore it is incumbent upon us <coughs> to study the seerah of Rasulullah ﷺ, not just read it, but to study his biography, to study his life and times, and to see how we can apply those lessons in our lives. And as I have said before, and I don't want to repeat the whole thing in detail, but just as a pointer, the reason I believe we can do that is because in every single respect, strange you might call it, but that is a reality, which is that the times of Rasulullah resemble our times exactly. And therefore, what we have in the life of Rasulullah is like a, an experiment, like a pilot prove the concept system where in a small place like Makkah, his method was proven to work. Our job is now to apply it at a global level. We do this all the time in my business practice or business consulting, where if you want to prescribe any new intervention to an organization, to a global organization, they will say, how do I know it works? So we tell them, give us a small piece of your organization, one location, we will run it there, we'll show you that it works, proof of concept, then we take it global. And that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did for us with the, with the seerah of His Rasul alayhi salam. Also, it tells us why the time and life of Rasul Alaihi salam is so amazingly, beautifully preserved in such intricate detail. This is not true of anybody. Including, I have mentioned this many times, if I ask you, what does, what do you, do you love your father? Yes, I love my father. What does the sole of the foot of your father, underneath of it, what does it look like? I bet you, you don't know that. But in the case of wasallam we know that. I mean that is the kind of intricate detail. If I if I ask you how does your father clip his nails, if you if he clips it according to the sunnah, you will tell me. But otherwise, you will not be able to tell me does he clip the nail of his right index finger first, or does he start with his left index finger or with his little finger? You will know you won't know that. In the case of Nabi, we know this. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not cause all of this detail to be preserved for nothing. It is so that we can apply it in our lives, not only in the clipping of nails and how to tie the turban, but in every aspect of our life. And this is another amazing thing in the Seerah, that this is the only human being on the face of the planet who ever lived, who lived in every aspect of his life, who lived in all kinds of things. Isa had no family. If you want to look at the life of Isa A.S. and say how did he treat his wife and children? He didn't have any. Right? In the case of Isa a.s. we know that. In his case, how can I live and work if I am a head of state? Look in the life of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. How do I work if I'm a head of a corporation? Look in the life of the, of, of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. How do I work as an ordinary garden variety lizard human being in dealing with my family in my home? Look at the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. How do I deal as a teacher? How do I deal as a client? How do I deal as an employee, as an employer, as whatever you want to see? The life of Muhammadun Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa gives us a picture of that. And that is why it is so important to study it. One important thing to keep in mind when studying the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa or the biographies of the Sahaba Ridwanullahi alayhi is to remember that they were human beings. With likes and dislikes. They felt sad and happy. They grieved and rejoiced. They succeeded in some things, not in others. They had families. They loved some people and not others. It is this very fact that they were human. Like we are human. I don't mean parity in terms of rank before Allah. I mean genetically. I mean as a, as a creature, as a, as a creation of Allah. They were human, we are human. And that is why their example is so powerful and encouraging for anyone who wants to emulate them. If Rasulullah ﷺ had been an angel or if he had been Noor, if he had been a ray of light from somewhere, if he had been a jinn, if he had been a malak, an angel or some other worldly creature... Then you and I would have been justified in saying, well, you know, it looks nice, but how can I, I mean, I'm a human being. I mean, how do I emulate somebody who was not even human? Right? We can't say that with Rasulullah Sallallahu because he was human. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, this is not my fatwa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered him to say, Kul ana basharum mithlukum. say, I am a human like you, but I receive wahy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Two aspects human like you in terms of humanity and the daraja before allah subhanahu wa taala as the rasul of allah that's a different issue the king is a human like me but in terms of rank the king can order for my head to be separated from my body i can't do the i can i can't do the same thing for the king rank is different but is the king a human of course it's a human my brothers and sisters, if Rasulullah ﷺ look at his life, he was attacked and injured in a taif. He was injured and bled and almost lost consciousness in the battle of Uhud. He suffered bereavement many times, not once. He lost his mother. He lost his most beloved wife, our mother, Khadija al-Kubara. He lost his uncle Abu Talib. He lost all his children, except for the last one, az-zahra wa Tuzhara, who died six months after he passed away. He fell sick and was cured. He felt pain and hunger and grief and happiness. Yet he never faltered in his effort, never gave up, was never frustrated, never complained, was never depressed, never angry at those who would not listen to him. So when we read the stories of the Sirah and what Rasulullah ﷺ said, or his sahaba did. We must keep this in mind. That they were human. And so they were subject to the same anxieties. And fears and hopes and aspirations. And apprehensions as we are. Yet they never lost faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They never let go of their mission. They had Tawakul and their Rab supported and helped them. And remember. He Jalla Jalaluhu. Is also your Rab and my Rabb, And he promised. To support you and me As long as we do his work And that is why We continue to do what we do Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa appointed Now see the, see the beauty of this If you ask me What is the single Most important characteristic Of a successful leader I will tell you It is the ability to take hard decisions Can you take the hard call Single most important thing. See what Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did. He appointed Khalid bin Walid عنه, as commander in chief of the army even though there were many others who were famous warriors of the time and gave him the title Saifulah. Sword of Allah. One very critical factor in the appointment of Khalid bin Walid عنه, and the way Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the way he put the success of his mission وسلم, above his own likes and dislikes. Nobody can tell me that Rabi' Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam loved Khalid bin Walid radiallahu wa when he came to accept Islam. Khalid bin Walid had been an enemy of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi wa and was the one responsible for the debacle at the Battle of Ahud where thanks to his cavalry charge, 70 of the Sahaba were shaheed. Including some very eminent Sahaba who were very, very beloved to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Musab bin Anhu, the envoy of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi at whose hands most of the biggest leaders of the Ansar of Badira accepted Islam. Abdullah bin Jahsh, the brother-in-law and cousin of Rasulullah s.a.w. Wa was among the shohada of Uhud. And most of all, those who attained Shahada in Uhud was Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib r.a. The uncle, the companion, the friend, the supporter of Rasulullah s.a.w. Whose death literally broke his heart, because for years after, every time anybody mentioned Hamza Radiallahu Anhu Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi would weep. That is the amount of pain it caused him. Yet when it when it came to choosing somebody to command the army, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi chose that same Khalid Bin Walid over everyone else. Now we must think and pause and reflect on what it must have taken in terms of dealing with his own emotions to do this. If you read the account of how he greeted Khalid bin Walid anhu, and Amr ibn al-As, anhu, both of them who came to Medina together to accept Islam, it's a case study in how to keep your goal foremost in your decision making. Nothing else. Not likes and dislikes. The goal. When Rasulullah sallallahu received news that Khalid bin Walid and Amr ibn al-As anhu, were coming to Medina, he ensued instructions That nobody must criticize them. Nobody must say anything to them. And this was necessary because there were many families in Medina who had lost dear ones. Thanks to Khalid bin Walid and Abin Blas. And we have to take our hats off and our turbans off to the sahabah who obeyed this instruction. Not a single person said anything. On the other hand, the cry was raised that the Quraysh have given their cream to us. Because this was the cream of the Quraysh as far as they... Youth of Quraysh youth of is concerned. And when they came in, Rasulullah <laughs> stood up to welcome Khalid bin Walid and Amr bin al And he put his own shawl on the floor and told Khalid bin Walid to sit on it. In my study of the seerah, there are only two instances where Rasulullah did this. One was to Khalid bin Walid and one was to his own daughter Fatima to Zahra one day when she came in, Nabi ﷺ stood up to greet her and he put his shawl on the floor and made her sit, and made her sit on it. And then, after they accepted Islam, Rasul gave him command of the army, the most critical resource. And then gave him the title Saifullah, the sword of Allah. Hmm? Look at it from another angle. For somebody like Khalid bin Walid, I mean, I recruit people. I've written a book on recruitment called Hiring Winners. For somebody like Khalid bin Walid, think about his temperament. He was a commander. He came, he was a commander with the Khoresh. All his life he commanded. He was not somebody who would have taken kindly to being commanded by somebody else. Temperamentally, he was not suited to work under anybody. Rasulullah saw that and he gave him command, Where all his talent and energy could be spent in pursuit of the goal instead of being spent in organizational politics. Let us reflect on this and see how many of our youth are throttled and suffocated in our Muslim organizations. In positions where they are forced to work under doddering relics of the past ages only because they are older. What does that do to our, to our organizations and their potentials to create a positive impact in the world? Rasulullah well, Sallallahu Alaihi appointed people on merit alone. He did not appoint a young man because he wanted to, within quote, support the youth. He did not stop a young person from having authority because he was not old enough. He looked only at competence. He sent Musab ibn Umayyad as his envoy to Madina when Musab ibn Umayyad was about 17 years old. To represent Islam and to represent Muhammadu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Who is that a 17 year old in our language boy? Abu Bakr radiallahu anh, was there. He could have sent him. Said Omar bin al-Khattab was there. He could have sent him. There were a lot of people who were older and whatever you want to call them. Nabi sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent Musab ibn Umayi r.a. He saw the talent in him. And he recognized that talent not by empty letters of appreciation but by giving responsibility and trusting and taking risk. Words are cheap. If you trust, give responsibility. Hand over, walk away. Don't stand there and police and look over the shoulder. He gave the command of the and gave the governor of Yemen to Saad bin Muadr, a man in his 20s. He gave the command of the army to Khalid bin Walid. An amazing story of Khalid bin Walid, he was dying last. Moments of his life. And he was in his bed in his home. And a friend of his came to visit and he asked him and Khalid Mualid Anu was crying. He said, what happened to you? Why are you crying? You're afraid of death? He said, me afraid of death? He said, there is not a inch on my body from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, which does not bear the scar of a wound of a sword or a mace or a spear or an arrow he said i was ev- in every battle i was in the thick of the battle seeking shahada that i should die in this battle and look at me today i am dying like a camel in this in stable this i did not get shahada you know what his friend said to him his friend said to him ya khalid Insha'Allah, allah subhanahu wa taala will forgive you and give you darajat he said, but you know, your fate was sealed on the day Rasulullah gave you the title of Sayyidullah. Because how can the sword of Allah fall in battle? Huh? That is why you should have good friends. <laughs> الحمد لله الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا كما امر ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمد عبده ورسوله قال تعالى ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم ابراهيم انك <coughs> My brothers and sisters Those who learned These lessons of leadership From Rasulullah Also practiced them Among the most remarkable of them Was Umar ibn al-Khattab During his khilafah A man came An ordinary citizen Came from Egypt He actually wrote a letter to him He wrote a letter to him Saying that The son of the Governor of Egypt, and who was that? Amar ibn Alas, Radialanu. Sahabi of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, also the conqueror of Egypt. He was the governor of Egypt. He said, The son of the governor beat me up. There was some altercation. He said, He whipped me, he lashed me, and I complained to the governor and he did not take any action. So, the of al Khattab summoned al Alas, his son, Radialanu, and this man. When they came to Madina. Umar ibn al-Khattab, radiallahu anhu, ordered the man to lash the son of Ammar ibn al-As, radiallahu anhu. He said, lash him until you are satisfied. So the man hammered the living daylights out of him In the open court, in front of his father. And when he finished, Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab, anhu said, now, that man sitting there, take off his turban and lash him for raising a son like this. Who is he talking about? The Sahabi of Rasulullah, the man said, Alhamdulillah, I am satisfied with the justice, I will not do this. He did not do that. Why does he do this? Because of the fact that if you do not take hard decisions, it's like a cancer which spreads in the whole of society. One day, Sayyidina Muhammad al-Khattab was inspecting the public grazing lands in Madira. He saw some camels, he asked people, whose camels are these? They said, they are Amir Mavineen, they are your son's camels, Abdullah ibn Ammar. He ordered the camels to be confiscated and remitted into the Mar, into the public treasury. When Abdullah ibn Ammar went to his father and he said, please, these are my camels, why are you confiscating them? He said, because they are grazing in public lands. And because they are your camels, people know that maybe people have been giving them precedence over the grazing. And I do not want anybody and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to say that somebody gave precedence to me or my family. Another time, two of his sons, Abdullah bin Umar and Asim bin Umar, they were in Damascus, in Sham. And Abu Musa Rashari was the governor of Damascus. When they were returning to Medina, Abu Musa said to them, I have this money to be given to your father. Can you take it for me? They said, yes. Then Asim had an idea anu, and he said to him, will you permit me? Is it jayis, permissible for me if we take this money and use it as trade capital, seed capital and we buy some goods here. We go and sell them in Medina. If there is a loss, we make it up. If there is a gain, we keep the profit. We give the capital to you to the Amir al to the Khalifa. Abu Musa al said, "Yes, no problem, do it." When they reached Badina, they sold the goods, they made a big profit, and when they brought the capital to Sayyidunawa al he of course knew the whole story. That he, he was, you know, he knew what was going on. He said, "Where is the where is the profit?" They said, "This is the profit." He said, "Put it put it with that. It goes into the treasury." Now. Asim who said to his brother Abdullah, who was the elder brother, he said, please ask him, this is our money. We asked, we asked the, the, the Amir in Damascus. He permitted us. He's another very, very big sahabi. Abu, Abu Musa Al-Ashari is one of the most beautiful reciters of the Quran. One day he was praying in Masjid Nabawi. He was reciting Quran. He felt somebody standing behind him. And when he finished, he saw it was Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He was listening to his Quran. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, if you want, he said this about Abu Musa, Radheal Anhu, and he also said it about Abdullah Masood. He said, if you want to hear the Quran the way it was revealed, listen to this recitation. So Abu, the, Asim said, so Abdullah Ibn Umar said, Radheal Anhu, I say, he said, I will not ask him. You want to ask him, you ask him. So Asim went to him, Radheal Anhu, and he said, my father, what is this? And then our said the same thing. He said, I don't want anyone to cast any aspersion on my family or me about any matter that relates to the running of the state. So, money in the state treasury. My brothers and sisters, <coughs> you must understand this, that the extraordinary leader must create a system that can take his legacy onwards. Long after he has gone the way of all, of all life. For personal charisma. No matter what it is. That remains untranslated into processes. Is destined to die with the leader. Remembered perhaps with nostalgia. But of no benefit to those who come after. For any great enterprise to succeed. Its leader must lead its transformation. From being person led. To being process driven. And failure to do that. Invariably leads to the legacy of the reader not transcending the generational change. We ask Allah to help us to learn from the most beautiful example that He granted us and to live this life in a way where we become the beacons of guidance for others. Today we heard some. <laughs> I was about to say sad news but I should not say sad news because the time when a believer meets his Rabb is the happiest day of his life because he dies with Iman and the thing he was waiting for his whole life is about to happen which is that his Rab Jalla Jalaluhu will award him and will reward him. Our dear brother Ghulam Mama Ka- Ka- Qa- Kazi passed away today Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted him Juma, which itself is, inshallah, is Bashara. He was one of our dearest brothers. I knew him from the time I was I, was, I used to live here in uh, 97. He was the project engineer for this hall in which you are sitting. He is one of the original trustees of this masjid and he is among the founders of this masjid. And he passed away today. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Jalla jalaluhu to forgive him and to fill his cupboard with noor. اللهم اغفر له وارحمه وعافه وعفو عنه وأكرم نزله ووسع مدخله واغسله بالماء والثلج والبرد ونقه من الخطايا كما نقيت الثوب الأبيض من الدنس وأدخله الجنة وعزه من عذاب القبر وعذاب النار اللهم اغفر لهينا وميتنا وشاهدنا وغائبن، وصغيرنا وكبيرنا، وذكرنا وأنثانا. اللهم من أحييته منا فأحييه على الإسلام، ومن توفيته منا فتوفته على الإيمان. اللهم لا تحرمنا أجره ولا تضلنا بعده. ولا بياسكوا في يوم آسي. We ask you for mercy for all the Muslims who passed away until today on Iman and all those who will pass away from today until the last day. We ask you, Ya Rab, to fill their khubur with your noor. We ask you to make this, the questioning in the khabar easy for them and to answer those questions on their behalf and to free them from that questions. We ask you to resurrect them with Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his Sahaba Ridwanullahi Alaihi Wasallam. We ask you to grant them the shade of of your arsh on a day when there will be no shade except your shade. We ask you to grant that we meet Rasulullah on his house and receive the water of kawthar from his blessed hand. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to decree that we pass over the sirat. In his hips and aman, in his, in his safety and protection behind Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi and enter Jannatul Firdaus bi We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the, uh, entry into Jannah and to grant us that we, we stay in the, in the, in the, uh, at the feet of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to listen to the recitation of the Quran in the voice of the one on whom it was sent. Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us His own didab, where He said He will, we will see Him by His hukum, Jalla jalaluhu, and we will hear the announcement that I am pleased with You and I will never be displeased. We ask Allah to grant us this. We ask Allah to be pleased and never to be displeased. ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا والا لم تغفر وترحمنا لنكن من الخاسرين ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الابرار يا هي يا فيم برحمتك رستويت اصلح لنا شأننا كل لا اله الا انت امين يا رب العالمين يا عباد الله ارحمكم الله ان الله يأمر بالعدل والاحسان وايثاء ذي القربى وينها عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم قوله استجيب لكم والله ذكر الله اكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون ففي السلام